Hi, I'm Annie. Thank you so much for listening to Ride on My Heart. As I walk through life with Jesus, I'm finding that he's always adding details to our stories. Details that can deepen our character and draw us closer to him. Details that we can share with others to bring him glory. This week, I'm sharing Isaiah 49:16 and another chapter of Henry's story in hopes that it will honor the author of our lives. Last week, I paused in Henry's story right around the time of his most serious seizure and the major regression he experienced as a result of that seizure. So that's where we'll pick up this week. He continued having multiple seizure types all day, every day. We continued seizure tracking, tweaking medicines, attending therapy sessions, updating his doctor. He had several seizures that did not respond to his rescue meds, which led to more hospital stays. We just could not get seizure freedom. The doctor recommended a strict therapeutic 3 to 1 ketogenic epileptic diet, which Henry is still on to this day. This is nothing similar to a keto diet for weight loss. Henry was hospitalized for three days in order to begin this diet. They wanted to monitor his ketones, blood sugar levels, and make certain that he did not develop ketoacidosis as a result of the diet. Doctors don't completely understand why the ketogenic diet is helpful for people who have epilepsy. They just know that when a body is in a state of ketosis, it can decrease seizure activity, and in some cases, it even gives people seizure freedom. The diet has not given Henry seizure freedom, but it did reduce the frequency of his seizure activity, and most excitingly, it felt like the diet was awakening his brain. He was more alert. He started looking at us again. This was the week he began taking steps again. He also began sleeping through the night for the first time in his life. (laughs) The three-to-one therapeutic diet means that for every three grams of fat, He needs one gram of carbs and protein combined, so I cook all the time. He needs three homemade meals and two homemade snacks a day. He also has to take medications in a mixture, so he gets a homemade keto mousse three times a day to disguise the taste of his medicine. The pre-packaged keto foods you see in the store are not an option for him because they have enough carbs to throw his body out of ketosis. Every ingredient and every bite of food that goes into his mouth is measured and weighed on a gram scale. Then I still typically need to balance it out with a prescribed keto milk. We check his temperature three times a day, test his ketones every day, and check his blood sugar if he's flushed. Another aspect of this diet that took us by surprise was the fact that carbohydrates can be absorbed through the skin. And you would not believe how many products have carbohydrates in them. We not only had to purge and restock our pantry, we had to purge and restock all of Henry's personal hygiene items. He needed carb-free toothpaste, baby wipes, soap, shampoo, lotion, hand sanitizer, bug spray, suntan lotion, chapstick, ointment, And his medications needed to be carb-free and sugar-free, so they're made in a compounding pharmacy. It was a big lifestyle change, but it's been worth it. 
through this process, thanking the Lord came naturally. We were so very thankful to see a reduction in Henry's seizure activity. We were thankful to sleep through the night. We were thankful to watch Henry's mind wake up and to see him taking steps again. We were incredibly thankful that Steve had a job and we could absorb the cost of cleaning out and restocking our pantry and all of our personal hygiene items. We were thankful that that gave us an opportunity to drop our carb-filled items off on other people's porches and hopefully bless them. We were thankful that I already knew how to cook. We were thankful that we had a compounding pharmacy in our city. These were all big lifestyle changes and it was hard, so this was a period in our life that had burdens and blessings. But thanking the Lord for the blessings and focusing on the blessings deflated the burdens. We were doing the best we could to embrace our circumstances with grateful hearts. One month into his new routine was Henry's second birthday. His first birthday party had been canceled due to COVID. And we were coming up on birthday number two with no people or party allowed because of COVID. So I was determined to do a few small things to make this day special for the most special little boy in our world. I decided that nobody should have a birthday without a cake. Now, keto means no sugar, so I had to get incredibly creative to make a cake that tasted good without sugar. But come what may, I was going to figure it out. That week, I experimented and made four cakes. The first three were not edible. I made five frostings, and the first four tasted terrible. It took two batches of homemade keto ice cream to find one that actually tasted like ice cream. Then I made two batches of sugar-free sprinkles, fine-tuning the fat-to-protein-carb ratio. It was very hard work because in the middle of this, I was still cooking Henry three meals and two snacks every day and tracking his seizure activity. So our kitchen looked like the lab of a mad scientist, but I finally created a birthday cake and ice cream that I knew Henry would enjoy and make him feel loved, so I thought this was going to be worth it. The big day came, and we live in an area that is surrounded by state parks and playgrounds, so it's not hard to find an empty walking trail or playground. At this point in the pandemic, that was really the only fun activity we could count on, so we found an empty park, got him on a merry-go-round, and the skies opened up and it poured on us. So we loaded him back up in the car and tried to think of absolutely anything special that we could do for him. He loves books and we knew a bookstore that would probably be fairly empty at that time of the day so we went to the bookstore amassed up ran into the children's department to see if there were people inside it was empty so i ran back out and got henry and steve and we planned to let him get a book from the children's section he melted down he started screaming and crying we would hand him a book and he'd throw it so we were overdue We got him back in the car and headed home for a nap. And I thought at least he would still get to enjoy his cake. After nap time, we decorated his high chair and lit his little cake with a candle. We sang him happy birthday. He took one bite of his cake and then fell over in it, seizing. My memory of his second birthday will forever be of him hanging in the harness of his high chair having seizures. 
we got him out of the high chair, got him his meds, soothed him, and something inside of me just triggered. As natural as it had been in the last few weeks to count our blessings, this event made it every bit as natural for me to slide right back into grumbling. And mercy did I grumble. I mean, come on. A worldwide pandemic cost him his first and second birthday parties. The rain cost him his fun birthday activity. His meds made him too irritable and tired to enjoy his books. And then he had a grandma and his birthday cake. So, once Henry was stabilized, I told Steve, is it really too much to ask God for one good day or even just one normal day? If God's walking through this with us, I feel awfully alone. Steve did his best. We take turns reminding each other of our blessings, so he reminded me of all of our blessings. But I was not having it, and I listed off all of our burdens. And then my phone chimed with a text reminder. Steve and I had both been getting these texts throughout Henry's seizure, but 100% of our attention was on stabilizing Henry, and we forgot to check the messages. We looked at our phones, and we both had messages from our friends saying they had dropped a birthday gift off for Henry on the front porch. We got Henry's gift off the porch, and there was a card attached for us that I'm going to keep forever. It said, Annie and Steve... We just wanted to let you know we're thinking of you and praying for you guys every day. We can't even possibly begin to imagine what you were going through. But just remember that God has his hands on all three of you. In the middle of this seizure and the worst birthday in history, our friends were on our front porch dropping off reminders of God's love for us. In the middle of my grumbling about God not showing up, I got a letter reminding us that he has all three of us in his hands. I know the Lord speaks to us through the Bible and prayer, but there's no doubt in my mind that he placed this precious couple in this place at this exact moment and used their words to say, you aren't alone. The Lord just said, calm down, Annie. I've got you. I've got Steve. I've got Henry. I'm here and I'm good. It was such a humbling moment that left me feeling seen, heard, and deeply loved by my father. This is where we're going to pause in Henry's story and dig into the verse of this event brought to my mind. Isaiah 49:16. This verse says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. This verse comes from the book of Isaiah, and it was written by Isaiah, who was a prophet of God. Prophets foretold local and future events. The local events Isaiah predicted would have happened in the near future, and if they did not unfold in the exact manner he predicted, he would have been labeled a false prophet, and he would have been stoned. The book of Isaiah reinforces the New Testament. 20 of the 27 books in the New Testament refer to Isaiah and 12 of them have direct quotations from Isaiah. Isaiah's fulfilled prophecies about Jesus Christ's coming make it exceedingly clear that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Son of God. 
Now, let's look a little closer at this verse, Isaiah 49, 16. Remember it says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. As I studied, I learned there are actually ancient cultures in which the mothers tattooed the palms of their hands with the names of their children. Tattoos on other parts of the body are covered by clothing, but a person's palms are always visible. To these mothers, this represented that their children would always be before them, and they would forever be looking after them. I think this is just a breathtaking image of the promise of God that He specifically knows you. He could never forget you. You are forever before Him. He's looking after you. And He's saying, you are loved by me. The second part of this verse says, your walls are continually before me. Major cities in the ancient world were surrounded by walls. The city wall represented strength, stability, and security. This verse in Isaiah is referring to the time of the Babylonian captivity when the walls of Jerusalem were broken down and Jerusalem felt as though the Lord had forgotten them. But the Lord is reassuring them that their walls are continually before him. He was concerned with them and he is concerned with you. He is concerned about everything in your life. Enough to send loving reminders during something as trivial as a lousy birthday. He's looking after you in the big things and the small things. If you're feeling forgotten, you are forever before him. He's got you and you are loved by him. Thank you for listening this week. We'll pick back up with another chapter of Henry's story next week and another beautiful Bible verse. My prayer is that Isaiah 49:16 blessed you today and that his word will be written on your heart. For a list of the resources I've used this season, please listen to the podcast season three intro.